Sweet Tea Podcast. Here's your host, Andy Burrows. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I am your host, Andy Burrows. This is episode number 81. And my wingman, my co-pilot, Maurice Hawkins, is back with me. Maurice, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. It has been a, a long overdue, but I'm glad to be back. Yes, I am glad to have you back by my side, my friend. And our uh, special guest today is our good buddy from the HT We Are podcast, Mr. Freddie Ham. Freddie, what's up, my friend? Chilling, Andy. Chilling. Pleasure to have you back on with us on the DC Tweet Team podcast. Like I said, guys, this is episode 81, and it is uh, we are here 24 hours nearly removed from the, uh, from the Super Bowl. Uh, gentlemen, what did you make of last night's game? Maurice, I will come to you first, my friend. Well, I think that, uh, number one, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for winning the Super Bowl. Uh, number two, I think uh, if there was any conversation about Tom Brady not being the GOAT, he silenced all his critics last night. And I think right now is that, you know, it's, he's clearly the most the greatest player in the NFL history, bar none, no questions asked. I think now the bigger debate is, where does he stack up against the uh, sports greats in other sports, right? So, I mean, right now we're comparing him to uh, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Muhammad Ali. Like, that's the pantheon of greatness that this guy has entered in. Uh, you know, just, I mean, the fact of winning seven Super Bowls, that he has more Super Bowl wins than the Patriots and the Steelers, you know, him by himself. The Cowboys, you know, the 49ers. Point. I mean, everybody, you know, mm -hmm. like, so like the, the, stand, the, the standard that he has set, I mean, you could be argued like it's never going to be reached, not in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you, you think of right now, like every other quarterback that's playing in the NFL right now, that they have just one Super Bowl win. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Russell has won. Uh, Drew Brees has won. Aaron Rodgers has won. Patrick Mahomes has won. So, like, right now, they're all – I mean, and really, the only two quarterbacks that really I think would have even a chance would be either Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes to even try to catch him. So yeah. – and I don't even think that's going to happen. So, I think that that record's going to stand for a while. Yeah. I mean, Freddie, before we get on to the GOAT talk, what did you make of the game? It was, a, you know, we, I thought it was going to be a, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than what it was. But, you know, 31 to 9. Were Tampa Bay that good or did the Chiefs have a very, very bad day at the office? I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, I don't want to diminish what the Bucs did uh, because the Bucs did play very, very well uh, on both sides of the ball. They seemed... They seemed more prepared, even though the Chiefs, you know, obviously were there for the second year in a row. Um, and I, I felt like the, the Chiefs were a little out of sorts, especially on offense early on. I don't think that uh, the play calling was great for the Chiefs early on either. The big difference in the game and what had helped the Bucks all through the postseason has been – the way that they've been able to protect Tom Brady. It, it, everybody knows the only way to defeat Tom 
is to get Tom in the position where he can't throw or he's got to throw under duress. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you really, really, really have to make him uncomfortable. If he's comfortable at all, he's going to sit back there and he's just going to tear you apart, which is exactly what happened. Uh, in some ways, I felt that the game was kind of reminiscent a little bit of the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl back uh, in 2000, the 2013 season up against uh, Peyton Manning and the score ended up being you know, somewhat similar. Now, I mean, I do think that this game was m- more competitive than that game, but I don't think anybody expected what we saw, much less myself. Um, and, and I wish the game had been a little bit closer would have been a little bit more enjoyable and then of course people want to talk about the the poor officiating and the ticky tack calls and all that stuff and and that is true I mean that does leave a little bit of a bad taste I think in a lot of people's mouths but make no mistake the Buccaneers won this game and Mm -hmm. the Chiefs lost and regardless of how you feel about the refs or whatever bad calls were made uh, that wasn't going to change the outcome not in this game yeah, most definitely. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, 21 for 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, two of them to Gronk, which, you know, it's like we had gone back in time. So, Maurice, you mentioned it there earlier. Um, is Tom Brady the GOAT? I mean, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion. Is he the greatest sportsman? That opens it up to a whole wide debate, you know, comparing Tom Brady to LeBron James and Michael Jordan and, you know, the the greats that have got Joe Montana. In my opinion, yeah, he's the greatest quarterback. But, Freddie, do you agree with Maurice? Is he the greatest sportsman now of all time? Across all sports, no. He is by far, he will go down in history as the greatest football player of all time. Eventually, if I have kids and my children ask me, Dad, who's the greatest football player ever i will say tom brady without hesitation mm-hmm. okay but the thing about pro football and what makes it so special it's part of what makes it so special is that it's an 11 on 11 game and that team means so much more in this sport than it does in other sports and i want to give you know credit to guys like Michael Jordan and LeBron, because people still have that debate, you know, who's who's better, Michael Jordan or is Michael Jordan discussion. I I agree. I agree. But (laughs) but you know, with basketball, basketball is a is a totally different, totally different type of animal to where you can have a star player really, really carry the team. And you don't necessarily need the support in the way that you need it in football. Same thing with the way that baseball works. All, all of these other sports to where you can really have a star take over the game. And then if you want to talk about you know, a, a sport like golf or a sport like tennis where it's matched, where it's one-on-one, it's a totally different thing. With uh, football, there's so many different variables and there's so many people that you have to depend on, right? So, I mean, it's not fair to say – yeah, I mean, yes, Tom took a different team to the Super Bowl in his first year at his age. Certainly he's the greatest, but could he have done the same thing with, say, the Jets? No. Mm-hmm. Could they have done a whole lot better? Sure. But is he taking that team to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't care how good he is. You know, so there's a line. You see what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So, um, Maurice, um, Freddie makes a, a, a good point. I mean, Tiger Woods has won 15 majors. I mean, does that could make him the greatest sportsman of all time? I mean, Maurice, Tom Brady, in your opinion, is the is the greatest sportsman of all time. I think well, what I, what I'm saying is I think it puts him in the conversation of like when you're talking about t- Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, uh, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, you know, you, you, the great um, baseball um, baseball players like Yogi Berra, uh, you know, those type of those type of uh, individuals. I think he's in the conversation. Um, I think as far as the NFL goes, like he's clearly heads and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, because there's, there's Tom Brady, then there's Joe Montana, and then there's Terry Bradshaw, and then it's everybody else, right? I mean, yeah. and here's the funny thing, right? We, we like, because I always like measure by rings, right? That's my standard of excellence is how many championships do you have? Not how many passing yards and how many touchdowns. Like, that's nice, but we play to win the game. You, you know, as um, as my man, uh, what was it? Herman? Um, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, they say, like, we play to win the game. Hello. You know, so it's not about stats, it's not about fantasy football. So, because I remember there was a debate, you know, uh, back in the day when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were in the league, and they were like, well, Peyton's better than Tom because he has all these records and stats. I'm like, no, Tom has more rings. So now there's no question. But uh, I think as far as he's the best football player of all time, or best quarterback of all time, I'll I'll go with that. Uh, I agree with Freddie, too. I think that Tampa Bay presented a unique situation for him because they had all the pieces in place for him to be successful. That's why he chose Tampa Bay. Like he did his homework. So which team can I go to and immediately make an impact that puts us in a position to challenge for a title? And it was Tampa. And he had the right coaching staff. They had the right um, assortment of weapons. I mean, you know, we look at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you look at um, uh, Leonard Fournette that they, they brought in um, after the Jags released them. Uh, they bring Gronk down. So they put together like this supporting cast of players. I mean, they got uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, like who's really wasn't healed at full strength. So, but I mean, he made contributions. So he just had a really great supporting cast around him. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, gentlemen, it's, it's, it's going to be one of them. It's going to go on and on and probably over the mm-hmm. close season. It's all we're going to hear about is Tom Brady, mm-hmm. the greatest sportsman of all time. But lads, mm-hmm. I haven't, um, Maurice, I definitely haven't spoke to you for a while. Freddie, I've mm-hmm. heard your recent podcast. Let's get on to some Washington talk. Uh, Maurice, mm. what did you make of our front office appointments? Uh, obviously, we got into it a little bit on our last podcast. I know Freddie has spoke about it on the HTVR uh, re- most recent episode, which was tremendous. Maurice, what are your thoughts on the uh, recent front office appointments in Washington? Oh, I was very pleased with you know the addition of um, Martin Mayhew and, and Marty Herney. Uh, I think that both of them bring a level of competence and professionalism and just as, you know, an experience of having two established NFL execs that are going to be, you know, helming the, uh, you know, the player selection with the draft and free agency. And that's exactly what we need. And I think what I feel good about is that they're going to make smart decisions that are in the best interest of the franchise and not a knee jerk fantasy football let's sign Deion Sanders or Jeff George type of situation that 
mortgages the future of the team, um, which I see a lot of fans playing fantasy football with these quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think by having those two gentlemen in the helm, they're going to make a smart decision that's in the best interest of the team long-term and not go for a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Freddie, for those that didn't hear your last episode of the HTBR, and if you didn't, why the hell not? Uh, I know you had some strong views on our recent appointments in the front office. So uh, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling now, my friend? Well, I feel pretty good about it. And, and the reason why I feel pretty good. And at first I was upset as a lot of people were about the uh, Kyle Smith situation. We don't know what happened. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We like to think that we have a pretty good, pretty good feel on the pulse of the organization, what's going on, but we really don't. Mm-hmm. We don't. You know, we only know what we know, and ultimately what we know as fans is not much. Very true. Um, so I feel good about it for, for this reason, and it's that Ron – has gotten his guys and he continues to get his guys and girls right um and everything is pointed towards this whole coach centered approach that they talked about last year and and that they're doing what i like is that ron has guys that he feels like he can trust that he can work with and he's going to put together the team. He's going to mold it in the image that he wants. And for better or worse, we're going to win or we're going to lose with Ron's vision. But Ron's vision is going to be fully realized no matter what. So mm-hmm. I feel good about that with the hires. Is it flashy? No. Is it sexy? Certainly not. Uh, but is it the right move with the regime that we have? It absolutely is. What do you think the main goals will be, Freddie, for the Washington front office hitting the ground uh, starting now, the season, the new season? Super Bowl has just finished, but we're all looking forward now to the 2021 season. Us as fans and players and coaches league-wide are now thinking uh, about the next season. What do you think are the main, if you had to choose a couple of points that will be the main factor for the Washington front office, what do you really want to see them hammer home early in their regime and like get done? Obviously, the big hot topic right now is the whole quarterback thing. Uh, and, and Maurice alluded to there's a lot of fans right now who are playing the playing the fantasy game with quarterbacks. Um, I'm actually getting ready to put out an episode where Maddie Jane and I do exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but <laughs> but I think that we are hyper focusing on QB because that's what we do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I don't necessarily think that th- their office is. Don't get me wrong. I think QB is really, really high on their priority list, but it's not the only priority the way that we're making it out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're very, very focused on improving their defense. I think that Ron is very, very focused on finding a middle linebacker for his scheme. He he's, wants to find his his Luke Keekley, or, or if you want to use – someone that we can apply to Washington, we, we need to find our, our London Fletcher. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's really important. I think skill position players, very, very important. We need to find someone opposite of Terry McLaurin. We need to find someone in the slot who can actually catch. Mm-hmm. We need to improve our offensive line depth. There's a, a whole lot of things aside from quarterback. I mean, but I mean, I'd, I'd be crazy if I didn't tell you that quarterback wasn't a number one priority at least to uh, steady the position. I don't necessarily think 
that we're going to come out of this offseason. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but I don't think that that we may come out of this offseason with the guy who's going to be our next, quote, franchise quarterback if things don't work out the way that the front office wants to because they're not going to make, as Maurice said, they're not going to make knee-jerk decisions. They're not going to reach. They're not going to mortgage our future away short of bringing in a guy like Deshaun Watson. I mean, it, it, it's just not going to happen that way. So, I mean, and people need to take a step back and realize there's a whole lot of parts. It's a team. It's a team. It's not just, you don't just bring in one guy and that's it. Unless of course, you know, maybe that guy's name is Deshaun Watson, but that's a whole different, that's a whole different story. Yeah. I mean, guys, Maurice, Sam Darnold is the name that's come up on the last 24, 48 hours from the Jets. Um, I went off on Twitter when I heard this and it's kind of like I started some kind of Twitter war. You're not allowed an opinion on Twitter unless you're agreeing with everybody else I've found in the last 20 and don't get me started on the halftime show at the Super Bowl because they, and I, need, I needed a tin hat for that one, but we can talk about that in a little bit. We can go. I, it's, don't worry, Freddie, we'll get to that. But Maurice, if we're kind of in the win now situation, which I think we clearly are, there's no more building for the future and you know, is Sam is someone like Sam Darnold? We've gone from Matt Stafford to Deshaun Watson to now maybe reaching for a, a Sam Darnold, who, in my opinion, is another stopgap. It's another, you know, you could be going down the Kirk Cousins route of he come in, we thought it might be him, it didn't work out. RG3 unfortunately got injured, it didn't work out. Alex Smith come in, we thought it'd be him, unfortunately got injured, it didn't work out. We now have Taylor Heineke in. Is he the answer? He's in the building. He deserves to be in the in the in the running for the for the QB. Sam Darnold to me speaks of taking a few steps backwards. He's not your franchise guy. Everyone's saying, well, you put him in a good scheme, you put him in Ron Rivera's system, he might be better. Will he though, Maurice? Do you think he, he is the guy if we do reach for him and we do get him? Is he the answer to our problems? Because in my opinion, and yes, Twitter world, this is just my opinion, he is not the answer. Maurice, what do you think? I don't think he's the answer either. I mean, would he? I mean, would he be an upgrade to? I mean, yeah. If you compare Sam Darnold to like Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, yeah, he's an upgrade. But you know, is he going to help you win a Super Bowl? You know, um, I don't know. You know that that remains to be seen. Like, a Super you know, Bowl? Is he going to get you out of the division? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the big one. And I think it's, it's to me that's one. I, I guess all NFL fans are delusional. Like they think they're one quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl next year, and that's just simply not the case. And like I've had this conversation numerous times. Like even though Tom Brady played for a different team, right? He went to a team that had a core, right? They had they had the surrounding pieces for him to come in and operate, right? But it's this. I mean, if you look at the past couple of years, it's been the same teams that have been challenging for the um for the nfl title it's it's either going to be green bay or seattle or uh uh, you know uh, kansas city now uh you know i mean houston was doing some work until they lost their mind and gave up deandre hopkins and now they've ticked (laughs) off uh um deshaun watson he doesn't want to play there anymore you know but again it's like tennessee I mean, look at, I think, I think that's the team we should be patterning ourselves after is Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is not, you know, scorching the earth, you know, as, as a, as a signal caller, but he plays within the confines of the offense. He's complemented by an extraordinary running game with Derrick Henry and they play great team defense. 
Um, so I think that that's kind of like the, the model that I think Washington should, should, should take, where we have a complementary team, where we're playing complementary football, where we, uh, we controlled um, time of possession, uh, we play solid defense, we create turnovers or don't turn over the ball. And I think you do that for a couple of years and then you find that quarterback, you know, the way you don't have to sell your soul literally to get, I mean, because if you're gonna get Deshaun Watson, you have to sell your soul, right? Because you're gonna give up, you're gonna give up a critical component on defense. They're gonna want somebody like they're gonna want two first round draft picks, and they're gonna want somebody like Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, or Montez Sweat. And I think, me personally, I think our D line is untouchable. Like I don't think you give up any of those guys. Can you keep them all though? Do you think we keep? I don't think we can keep them all, can we? In my opinion, I, I don't think we can keep them all. I think you try to keep as long as you can. For what? One more. Do you think you will with the cat? I don't think we'll have enough. Uh, I don't think we'll have enough on our team to keep them all for one more season. Right. I think if, we, think if you're going to want a Deshaun Watson, aren't you going to have to at least use one of them to try and lure someone like Deshaun Watson to like? Otherwise, the Texans yeah. is going to go. Are you kid, what do you want for this elite quarterback? Quote unquote. Well, what are you going to want to give up for him? You know, they're not. Gonna, they're going to want. For, they're going to want well, a lot talking- of capital. They're talking about they want two first round. From what I've seen, that's a two first round picks and Chase. I'd Young. give that up for Deshaun Watson. You give up Chase Young for Deshaun Watson? Not, not first, Chase Young. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't give him up for my mother. But you know, yeah, that's yeah. a whole other. That's a whole other <laughs> discussion. <laughs> but you, you, if you're going to want this, the problem we've got at Washington, Marisa, I think, is if mm. we, you know, are we going to keep going for these stopgap guys? like right. a Sam Darnold, like a Kirk Cousins. He wasn't what he thought he was going to be. Unfortunately, Alex Smith, we, we don't know what could have happened there with his full potential. Mm. We were on a good run before his injury. But what do we do mm. as a franchise now? Do we just keep going stopgap, stopgap, filling around them, wide receiver, uh, left tackle, linebackers? Do we keep filling in the holes? Or do we go all in for the elite, elite guy? If we are win now, which we clearly are, I think, do we mm. go everything in for the elite elite guy like a Deshaun Watson I mean Freddie what are you saying to her and Maurice doesn't want to give up these defensive guys but I think we're gonna have to some of them at least well let me me, I'm gonna I'll start with the break it down a little bit I'm gonna start with the whole uh with the Tennessee Titans comment about us modeling ourselves after Tennessee um Absolutely, we should not be modeling ourselves after, after Tennessee. <laughs> Stop being on Twitter, what, this Maurice. <laughs> what, what, what were the Tennessee Titans doing on Sunday night? They were sitting at home. Right. Okay. What is what is middling quarterback play or slightly above average quarterback play? And they have an offensive star. Okay, they have mm-hmm. a special running back. I mean, special that we don't have. Now, Antonio Gibson has a chance to be really, really special, and Terry McLaurin certainly. But even with the best running back in the league, and it's not close, okay, Tennessee still didn't get there. Okay, the two teams that played in the Super Bowl were two teams with probably the two best quarterbacks in the whole league. That's not coincidence, okay? There's no point in going from middling QB to slightly above middling QB, kind of above average QB. There's no point in doing that. It's continuing to bang our heads against the wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do think that, you know, as, as Maurice put it, the whole like selling our soul thing. If you have an opportunity to get Deshaun Watson, especially at his age, because then we're set for quarterback for 10 years. So this is the thing. If we get Deshaun Watson and let's say that it, it doesn't work out, 
okay, this go around. Let's say that it just it doesn't all fall into place. Let's say maybe we make some playoff runs, but we don't get there. We still get a whole nother shot with this dude. You know why? Because we get him for a decade. And right now we've got a great window. And the thing with the defensive line, I don't believe that nobody on this team is untouchable except maybe two guys. And one of them is Chase Young. Okay. And the other doesn't play on defense with the (laughs) defensive line. Yeah. You're going to have to give up something big. If you want an elite quarterback, which I believe Deshaun Watson is okay. And I think it's worth giving up a piece of our defensive line, which is where we have the most depth. You know, I feel there, here's another thing too. You can't keep them all. There is no point in holding on to them as long as we can, you know, (laughs) as, as you said, and getting absolutely nothing in return when you're not going to be able to hold on to all of them anyway. What is the point in exercising a fifth year option on Deron Payne, knowing full well that you're not going to be able to resign him. If I think that we're going to extend Jonathan Allen the way we are and we know eventually you're not going to be able to keep Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the same team when Chase Young finally gets out of his rookie deal he'll eventually be at the time that he signs his his new contract I guarantee you he'll be the highest paid defensive player in NFL history at any position when that happens okay so the defensive line I understand trying to keep them together quote as long as we can but if we get rid of one piece okay one piece on our defensive line right now and that means that we get Deshaun Watson as our QB you're you are freaking (laughs) stupid if you don't make that move stupid 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 hit the dummy button dumb are you calling me dumb (laughs) are you are you calling me dumb if you don't make if you don't make that move if you don't make that move, you need professional help. Maurice, do Maurice, you um go on, go on, go on, Maurice. No, yeah, I'll let you come back at Freddie there, my friend. Go for it. Here's my thing. All love, all love, all love, right? But what has this franchise done in the past 30 years? 30 years. I'm going back to Rippin, 91, right? We have not had a quarterback, we have not proven as a team that we are good at managing a franchise quarterback. Right. We just haven't we haven't done it. Now, this is Ron's second year as a coach. We'll see what he does and everything like that. But again, I'm a realist and I'm a pragmatist. Just because you blow up the team and sell your soul to the devil to get Deshaun Watson, there's no guarantee that he's going to deliver us to a Super Bowl. It's, so are we saying zero Deshaun Watson, Super Bowl or bust next year? I think that's unrealistic. And I just feel like I mean, personally, I like the trajectory we're on right now and building a team. We have a great defense. You know, I'm not saying that Sam Darnold's the answer. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson isn't the answer. I mean, you, I guess I want Sam. I mean, who doesn't want Deshaun Watson? But do we have, but do we have to give up the farm to get him, right? And there's no guarantee that just because we do all that, that we're challenging for the NFC East title. Let's say we bring him in and then we go nine and seven and we're a wild card. I mean, and then what weapons is he going to have to throw to? I mean, right now, teams could double-team Terry McLaurin and shut our offense down. Right now, you're going to have to have that secondary wide receiver to take pressure off Terry. We need to, even though Antonio Gibson did a great job for us, he's not an every-down back. I mean, he's more of a scat back. So we need another back to complement him. So, and we definitely need to fortify our offensive line. So, I mean, 
Like this, you have all that going on. And you said earlier, we need a, a Luke Keekley type middle linebacker, you know, but you don't get a Luke Keekley type middle, middle linebacker out of the first round if you give up your first round picks for the next two years. So to me, it's like, it's really a debate as to what's more important, getting the franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson and not having all the supporting pieces or putting the supporting pieces together and then maybe getting a, a quarterback next year to follow you. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's the question that Ron has to make. But again, I'm not, I mean, I like Deshaun Watson. I will, I mean, I'll get me a number four uh, Washington football team, Jersey Watson in the back like that. So I'm not against him coming here. My question is, is that, is it, but what we have to give up, will he, ha- will he have the weapon? Because to me, wherever he goes, he, he's going to bankrupt the team. He's like, he's Herschel Walker all over again. You know, you're going to, the other team is going to make out better from the draft picks and that signature player that they're going to get from us, whether it's us or whatever team they go with. I think if you see a Deshaun Watson at a team, though, I mean, look at Tampa with Tom Brady and look at the weapons that he had, just his name alone attracted. People mm. were, you know, coming out of retirement, Antonio Brown went in there. If you have a Deshaun Watson in the at the Washington football team, when you have a chance to get high-profile free agents or whoever you're getting in the draft, they're going to go, yes. If you get mm. Sam Darnold back there, you're going to get me and Freddie playing in the slot. They're the kind of players that you're looking to attract. You know what I mean? If you have a, if you have a Deshaun Watson there as your elite 10 year quarterback for the next 10 years, you are going to attract elite players to your organization. In my opinion, I kind of get what you're saying, Maurice. I mean, I'd love to keep all the defensive line, but I just don't think it's going to be possible over the next few years. And, you know, when do you get to the point of, you do have sometimes maybe have to mortgage the house on these elite guys mm-hmm. to take that next step. Or are we just happy with playoffs this season? We'll be mediocre for two or three seasons. Then we'll dip our toe back into the playoff waters. <laughs> like we have done it in Washington for the X amount of years. So there is an mm-hmm. argument on both sides. I see Maurice. I see your point. I see Freddie's point. I mean, I am I am of the opinion, You, if you get the elite guy in now, then yeah, you go straight away. A, you go straight away into win now mode. Mm-hmm. And B, like Freddie says, he's here for the next 10 years. So you've got that revolving door of elite players come wanting to come into your organization and knowing that you've got mm-hmm. that guy there back at QB throwing you the ball. Wide receivers, mm-hmm. you're going to get, you know, you're going to want to get in a better defensive line to put, you know, to protect you. You're going to, you're going to attract, it raises the profile of the organization from here mm-hmm. to up to here, you know, in my opinion. Right. I guess the question that I, I got the question that I have is, is that, okay, we make the move for Deshaun Watson and we come here. Then what's the expectation for the team next year? With now, Bowl? no, I mean, uh, so like, go, may go deep, Bowl. go deeper into the playoffs. So, like, so are we saying like divisional round, NFC championship? I mean, what is it? What do we, what do we consider a success if you bring Deshaun? If you bring Watson in a Deshaun Watson, you're clearly sending out a statement that you're a win now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought in Tom Brady and are like, let's win right. now. You look at the so season means- before Tom Brady coming. You look at this time last year. The Bucks sucked. Mm. They were right. terrible. We're sitting here now a day removed from the Super Bowl and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. have just gone and won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you are in win now. And I appreciate you're going to need more help 
Terry McLaurin will need more help. You know what I mean? You might have to give up a few players, but if you get Sean Watson's not going to want to come to Washington and be happy with finishing third in the division and losing twice to the giants. And, you know, he's going to want to come here. He's going to want to be the guy. He's going to want to have a say in a lot of things. Look at what's going on in Texas. He only wants Mm -hmm. out of Texas because the GM they bought him, he wasn't considered. Mm -hmm. They didn't reach out to him. So he's going to want to be involved, but you know, as, it might be a little bit above his pay grade, but if you've got that elite guy, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, they're all involved in their organizations. They're going to have a say in the way the future of that organization is, is molded. If you bring in a Deshaun Watson, he's going to want to do that. Sam Darnold, he'll probably have an opinion on what hot dogs you sell in the stands. You know what I mean? He, he's not going to be that guy. I, now is the time. Washington, they can't, they can't piss this around again. They can't mess this up again. You can't be mm-hmm. going from average quarterback to average quarterback because we're coming to September. We might win the first few games, but then I can guarantee you if Sam Darnold is our quarterback, we ain't winning shit. <laughs> I'm telling you now. We ain't winning shit with him back there. So, so every, so basically, everybody, so everybody's on board with win now. Come hell or high water, no, no building, no development, no nothing. Just win. Now. We were developing last season, and then we went into win now. And we had bloody Dwayne Haskins back there for God's sake. We changed yeah, to win right. now. So, if you're going right. from win now, if you're going from win now with Dwayne Haskins to Carl Allen to Alex Smith, you know, if you bring mm-hmm. a Deshaun Watson in, if you've got, if you're win now with Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, and Carl Allen. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, you'll definitely win now with Deshaun Watson. Right. My question would, would, would be then, and I want to I clarify something from earlier. It's my, my, my point, I wasn't calling you dumb, Maurice. <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think no, you were. My, what, what I, I don't think you were. <laughs> zoom was fight, zoom fight. Listen, <laughs> I, think, I think that, I mean, because I don't think that the Deshaun Watson thing is happening. Okay. Yeah. It's just a, it's a, it's a pipe dream, really. It's something that's fun to sort of speculate on. Right. But if it does happen, then it is going to have to be a deal like that. But I think that if it is possible, if it's possible to actually pull the trigger and get the deal done and you don't do it, then that's how I feel about like, like not doing, like if it was presented to you and you're still saying no, then I'm kind of like, Hmm. You know, but so Mm. my question too, about the whole, the, the like win now versus win later thing, you know, and, and Maurice, I got to give it to you because you've been rooting for this franchise longer than, than I've been alive, brother. Yeah. Okay. But now he's calling you my dumb question adult. Is, my <laughs> question old, is, old, old dumb, old dumb fan. My question is, so you want to get out of this, this, this win now mode when I feel like we have a great team and the opportunities to really make runs are very, very limited in this league. Mm-hmm. And is later. If you want to win late, when does that start? Right. Yeah. I mean, what 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 you want well, to win? You want to win later when we're right. in a deeper issue with our salary cap, when our defensive line is starting to get split up, when injuries are starting to set in for our older players. Like that's the later that you want to win. I'm. That's what I'm trying to make trying to make heads and tails of. No, no, no. Here's the thing. There's always think, pieces to add. There's always going to yeah. be holes on your team. Yeah. I, I, tell me, even That's if we football. went from, if we improved by two wins and did this hypothetical nine and seven deal, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we're nine and seven and we're a wild card team this, this time, well, you know, next year. And let's mm-hmm. say we have Deshaun Watson. We're a nine and seven team in the playoffs with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I feel fantastic about that. Right. I improvement. Really yep. It's mm-hmm. improvement. Um, 
Guys, we've got to get onto some fan questions. We could sit here all day doing a, a show about Washington. We could sit here for years talking about Washington QBs, but um, just to, um, champions of England sent in a question. We've kind of touched on this. A simple yes or no. It'd be interesting to see if you can do this. Is Sam Donald the answer, Maurice? No. Freddie? Absolutely not. Uh, me? Hell no. Uh, Paul has asked. Washington has shown its desire to uh, Washington has shown its desire to be shown as a better culture with its staff hires and media communications. Plus the way it's looked after Alex Smith and Ron Rivera is classy. What next steps can it now take to really get the mainstream media on side? Maurice, I'll come to you first for that one. Uh, we got to win. You know, we have to win. Here's, here's the thing. Even with all of the changes that the team has made, I mean, you know, moving from the Redskins to the Washington football team, which is a transition name to um, whatever we're going to be called after that, um, to, you know, bringing on Ron Rivera, you know, you know, Ron Rivera, you know, um, defeating cancer with Rivera Strong. I mean, the, the courage of Alex Smith and the, dy the dynamic play of Chase Young and our defensive line. I mean, even with all that positive movement, I mean, um, Steve uh, Harvey, tried to joke us on the NFL honors about the fact that we were watching the football team. So it's almost like there's still like this addiction with the media yeah. to Washington's failure, to Washington's demise. That like even when we're making progress, it's still like, no, we want to kick them down. We, it's almost like they don't want us to be a force in the NFL anymore. And I think that uh, until we win consistently, until we, um, you know, I think the other thing too, until we beat the Giants, I mean, even if we won the NFC East and you know everything, we won seven and nine and we had a good playoff game, we lost and everything like that. We really need to beat the hell out of the Giants, number one, because that's because New York media controls so much of the NFL. The NFL is based in New York. The Giants are heavily influenced by New York media. That's why they wanted them in the playoffs opposed to us. That's why they cried like little girls had their dolls taken from them when, um, the uh, the uh the, the whole thing with the of the Eagles coach and him putting in uh, the backup quarterback over Jalen Hurts because he wasn't trying to mortgage their future he was trying to protect their future franchise QB which was a smart move and the Giants fans felt like the Eagles were obligated to play their best player to give them a chance to get in the playoffs even though they didn't do the damn job themselves you know but I mean so not to go on a tangent but I think win now you know I think we need to repeat as NFC East division champions with a winning record. We need to smack the Giants around. Like that should be a top priority to crush their souls in 2021. Yes. And and I think and and not have any offseason drama anymore. Um, I think the thing about it is that the reality is that Dan Snyder is a pariah with the NFL establishment. He's, he's definitely a pariah with the media. And any little dig that they can take at him to to undermine him, undermine his franchise, that's what they're going to do. The only way to protect us is winning. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Freddie, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a clue who this guy is. Um, <laughs> what round will Keelan Mond go in? Is he a fit for Washington? Nick has sent in that question. I, 
young quarterback Cal- out of Callan Mond. Yeah, Callan Mond. Yes, out of Texas. I roughly look. I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit like you guys said in the HDOER podcast last week. Yeah, Florida, when you get Florida. into the when you get into the later rounds of the draft and the younger like these, the, the, I haven't got a Scooby Doo. There you go, Maddie. <laughs> one for you there. I haven't got a clue yeah. about. Uh, so Freddie, is this young man? Would he be a fit in uh, in Washington? We've had a lot of QB talk today, so. Uh, one of the questions coming from Nick. Yeah, Kellen Mond is one of those names where he's not in the top tier of quarterback prospects, but uh, he, he's definitely improved his, his draft stock a lot. He's an intriguing guy uh, for a lot of people. Uh, I don't think that anyone, I don't think that any team, including ourselves, is going to reach on him and draft him in the first. Mm-hmm. Um and I was actually talking to uh, talking to Maddie Jane about this uh, the other day uh, with the whole Kellen Mond thing. Uh, there are some things that you like about him. Uh, I think that he could be a good value pick if you can get him in the middle, late second. I, I really think in a perfect world, he would go in the third because I mm-hmm. think that's really where he should be. But because of the way the league is, because there's such a premium on quarterbacks, he's going to get overdrafted as most quarterbacks are. I mean, <laughs> shoot, Mac Jones is – people are talking about him in the first round, which I think yeah. is crazy. But uh, – and by the way, if we get Mac Jones, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but just when I think I'm out, they count me back, back in. in. But <laughs> I feel like if you can get Kellen Mond in the second, do it. Okay. I mean, I think, I think that's a good pick. Um, but – like I said, honestly, in in a, in a perfect world, I think the I think the third round is a is a better place for him uh, yeah. talent wise because there's going to be other players at other positions that are going to be of of much greater value. I think, especially right away, because Kellen Mond's not going to play this this year. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, if it is happening, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah, um, like but, I said, never heard of the guy. Not even gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> Maurice uh, Richard asks, um, doesn't Alex Smith decision need to be made soon? I think Alex, I think an Alex Smith decision is going to be made. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think what Alex Smith achieved this year was absolutely amazing. I mean, we would not have won the division had it not been for Alex. He brought leadership. He brought stability. He brought class. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, he's the comeback player of the decade. Uh, I mean, I think I don't know if it was Freddie that said that we should they should change the the award to the Alex Smith comeback player of the year because that man almost died. I mean, it wasn't just yeah. an injury; like that man almost died, or he almost lost his leg, or he almost wasn't going to be able to walk again. And then mm-hmm. he's out there leading a team to the playoffs. So I mean, I have nothing but respect and courage for uh, um, for Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. However, very um, English. However, yeah. However, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that it is in the Washington football team's best interest to stake their future on the play of Alex Smith. You know, and that may be unpopular and everything like that. I think that I mean, I'd rather him than players, Sam Donald. Yeah, well, there have been players in much much better. There have been players in much much better physical condition um, that have been cut for less. I'll say that. Yeah. Or release for less. Now, I mean, I'm not telling Alex Smith what to do or what not to do, but I mean, let's just be honest. Washington is the only place that he will play for. I can't see any other NFL team oh, making no a play yeah. for uh, Alex Smith. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, he'll have to he'll have to make that decision for himself. And I think if not, I think Washington will make that decision. As much respect and and um and uh appreciation that the team has for Alex mm-hmm. Smith, I have no doubt that Ron Rivera will have a very real conversation with him mm-hmm. and let him know that we thank you for your services, sir. Yep. You would be appreciated. Um, and you know, you have earned the respect of this team forever, but we have to we have to part ways. And that's the smart football decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. because Alex can't protect himself a- anymore. He just can't. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's just the truth of it. I mean, we saw the limitations of Alex's play. Um, and that was just after what seven or eight games. You're asking right, him to right, do yeah. that for the 16 games to go mm-hmm. through a full NFL season. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. No, very true. Very true. Very well said, Maurice. Very well said. Uh, last question, Freddie. I'll put to you comes in from our good buddy, Mike. Did last night's Super Bowl show a very solid QB will win you a Super Bowl if you have invested in your D and O lines? If so, are Washington already halfway there and are no longer living on a prayer? Good little song reference there. I like that. Oh, we're halfway Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I don't think it showed us that because Tom Brady is not a, quote, very solid QB. Tom Brady is the greatest QB of all time. So, (laughs) no. What kind of no, no, <laughs> if the Tampa Bay Bucks would have would have done that exact thing with Ryan Tannehill. Sure. And it would yeah. give more credence to, to that whole argument. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, we we had. I mean, at, I mean, we so we had not great quarterback play the whole season. Right. Um, some other teams that had some pretty solid quarterback play. I mean, Arizona Cardinals had solid quarterback play, right? The Saints had solid quarterback play. Drew Brees wasn't playing like the greatest football of his life. Mm-hmm. Solid yeah. quarterback play might get you in the playoffs. It might even get you a win, but it's not bringing you a championship now. Heck, Tom, Br- Tom Brady wasn't was giving them solid quarterback play for uh, twelve games, and it wasn't until after they got they lost to the Chiefs in Week Twelve when they put it all together. You know that game that was that loss to the Chiefs that changed their fortune. They never lost a game after that. Um, yeah. They won eight straight games after that. And, then, and I'm saying, and does that type of situation happen with a normal? above average guy no no no, Sam, no, I, no. I, like I, I get i get i get the point i get the point that you're making you put drew Brees in that tampa bay team i don't no, think you they can't made just take Bowl. out you can't just take about take out tom brady and insert quote unquote solid qb and think that you're winning a championship like i get that there is a there is an ebb and flow there's ups and downs there's teams get hot and cold and so forth mm. um and i think that you have to give credit to the to the player and the players when that's happening so i mean yeah. obviously is tom winning the super bowl without a supporting cast again no but no. they're certainly not doing it without him yeah most you know, definitely i think this i think the smart thing i think the smart thing about brady is that he could have st- he could have stayed in new england but he saw that new england wasn't going to have a supporting cast and he said i'm out of here i'm going to go somewhere that does have the pieces and tampa had the pieces. i don't think he could have stayed in new england 
You don't think so? I don't think so. I think they were. I don't think I, he wanted. I, I didn't think he wanted I, to. Either. I, I think, think it was at the end. I don't think yeah. he wanted there. I think he wanted out of there. I think he wanted to do things that he's never been able to do. I don't mm-hmm. think that. I mean, I think that him and Belichick ha- had a a great working relationship for a long time. But I I kind of dismissed this because people always want to think that players coaches that they're all best friends they all love each other that tom is you know that oh well tom must be like some type of son to bill belichick and no it's it's not like that go back and look at go back and look at the closest that you can get to a head coach quarterback okay with the whole tom thing the closest you can get is to go back to the steelers and go to um terry bradshaw and um who was the coach of the steelers in the 70s chuck 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 Noll, right and Terry Bradshaw and Chuck Knoll did not. Oh, like now you're him. glad Maurice is old, didn't you? I knew the answer to that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seasoned. Yeah. Uh, Maurice, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back by my side. Freddie, you brought the fire, my friend, on this uh, episode. Very quickly, my friend, when can we catch the next HT We Are podcast? Right. So the next, uh, next episode of HT We Are uh, will be out Tuesday. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, we do play a little bit of the fantasy quarterback game. Uh, it is heavily, heavily on the quarterback. And we, we settle a couple of arguments that Maddie Jane and I have been having amongst ourselves. Oh, and also I got to give credit uh, to Maddie Jane. She is the one who's been saying uh, all season to name the comeback player of the year award after Alex Smith. So that's mm-hmm. Maddie Jane. It's not me. We okay. know Maddie Jane is the brains of that operation, Freddie. We know <laughs> But um, <laughs> guys, thanks so much for coming on to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Maurice, it's been good to hear from you again, my friend. I, I hope you are well over there. Thank you. Thank you. Freddie, a pleasure as always, buddy. I will catch up with you soon. Likewise, man. Maurice, we got to do lunch again. Just let me know, man. I mean, you live around the corner for me, so. Right, <laughs> yeah. And I will be there in about nine hours, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, this has been the DC Tweet Team podcast. I have been your host, Andy Burrows. Till next time, everybody, stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.